The man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. came and as he crossed o'er the desert in pursuit of the man in black the gunslinger looked upon the horizon and saw a podcast a podcast that he thought he'd be into and thus he gave up his chase against the man in black and came forth across the desert to our show I for sure blew weed straight into the microphone in the middle of that. Yep. The pursuit wasn't for the man in black. Just so we're clear. Well, well, he was, he was I'm in... sure he made up all the words. Don't worry. Oh, no, that had nothing to do with anything. I mean, it was... A, a no, that, gist, that was verbatim general... the text. No. <clears throat> Are you looking to get hit at the beginning of the episode? N- no. We still got a whole other no. one to tape, bro. Yeah, Jeez. you're right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to I Think You'd Be Into with a podcast about your problematic faves. I'm... <clears throat> <laughs> You're something. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host, Brandon Beck. I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato, who's here to announce that the Dunk Zone is officially back in session. God, yeah, this is like the hardest and fastest we've ever hit the Dunk Zone, just out the gate. This is also, this I'm going to add... that that was going to happen, though. Oh, yeah. I'm also <laughs> right, going to add, right. this is... This is the latest we've ever recorded as of now. The episode you guys heard last week is going to be our next recording tonight. I have no fucking clue how loopy we're going to sound because it's like well, we got 10. Pizza. True, but it's 10, 11 now and, and it'll be we're like we're all in our 30s. So that's late. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, this is the show where we, you know, do the thing. Um, <laughs> our guest. Why don't you introduce her? Welcome back, Jessica Jem. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> oh, yeah, two she, weeks ago. Yeah. You're right. Sure did. You're right. She was here for the episode that sure I wasn't did. here. Um, that was a good episode. You guys, you guys did a good job. Was it? Uh, yeah, I, I, that was. Oh, that's good. I listen. I had to listen to it a few times uh, to edit it. And it actually, was, it came out today. We were no. Yes, today's Monday. Yeah. It, we're recording it on the day it came out. Yeah. Ah. Um, the the episode with Hoots. It was a long day, man. I don't know what fucking day it is. Yeah, we're we're all um, a long ass day. We're all in the midst of like production jobs right now. Which, if you've never worked in production, it means it's all you do. And so we're just all. <sighs> okay, yeah. You work at an office. I load trucks. Calm down. Anyway, we're the, here those today. Those stacks to of paper talk. are very heavy. Reams of paper that that'll wear out your fingers. My fingers are delicate. <laughs> There's just so many jokes I can make, and like 80% of them, I'll get a really mean text from my mom about. We don't have enough time to unpack So I can't. Anyway, we're here to talk about Stephen King slash The Dark Tower. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks. You got your spooky nails and everything. I do. I'm very Halloween themed. It's my favorite time of year because I like spooky shit. 
I was uh, listening to actually I was listening to another podcast today and an ad for reading glasses maybe that's on Max Fun. I don't know. They were talking about how like a really easy way to sell them a book is just to be like, "Yo, it's gonna be the most messed up shit you ever read," and they're like, "Great, give it to me." Straight into my veins. Yeah, but what kind of scale is that? Because I read some fucked up shit by Stephen King. I mean, shit that I've had to like put down, like put down the book and walk away for like a day where I'm like, well, it's enough reading for one day for me. Like misery. Misery is fucked. Absolutely one of the most heart-wrenching, gruesome tales I've ever read. And you're also terrified of Kathy Bates, though. Well, who isn't? I'm also kind of obsessed with Kathy Bates. That's fair. Um, But before we get into Kathy Bates, uh, let's talk about things we're into this week. Don't worry. I'll go first. Yeah, he already told me what this was on the way here after I asked him to turn it off. Um, In the early 80s, we asked ourselves the most important question of all. Are we not... You know where this is going. You don't. Q, colon, are we not men? A, colon... We are Devo. I have been fucking mainlining Devo records. Um, No, not even Devo records. Devo record. That first one. For like two weeks now. And I had forgotten how cool that first album sounds. It's very like... old man shouting at an audience and the audience shouting back at him and they're saying nothing and no one is singing. I mean, Devo has really good hats. They they do have very good hats. They do have really good hats. Pioneering hats. And you're right. That that Jocko Homo uh, live version we listened to in the car wasn't his Mark Mothersbaugh's finest vocal hour. (laughs) (laughs) Haberdashery (laughs) connoisseurs. They're haberdashery pioneers. Um, Pioneering haberdashers. But the uh, the the thing I'd forgotten about uh, that first Devo album is how like haberdashery. (laughs) God damn it! How. Uh, is how like angular it is. Like it's it's got this. So are their hats. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about how much I love Devo. I know. I'm trying to stop you. I'm just I'm just saying. Go listen to that first record. It's very good. It was produced by Eno and David Bowie a little bit. And a there's bit. there's some like really good guitar on it. And there's some really like the lyrics are all kind of whatever. It's the whole the whole concept of Devo is that. <laughs> <laughs> the whole concept of Devo Broad is broad statement I've ever heard about Devo. <laughs> okay, I'm not I'm not coming to a Devo song for the lyrics. I'm coming to a Devo song for like, you know, saw wave synthesizers and like weird industrial covers of Rolling Stones songs. And uh I, I found out that the first record was recorded in Just Berlin. Listen to Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo are, are way more melodic and musically deft than Devo are. Yeah, that's my point. D- Devo just kind of stand there and hit Shout their at guitars. The audience. Yeah, that's mm, fair enough. Uh, Oingo Boingo like is basically is just talented. Danny Elfman doing runs up uh, marimba all night. So yeah, is talented. <laughs> no, Devo is all very talented. I, I love them all very much. Um, okay, why don't you fucking people talk about what you're into now? <laughs> see how see how it feels. The dunk zone. Welcome to the dunk zone. I feel like I feel like I dunk zone. Like I thought I had escaped from the dunk zone, only to find out I had immersed Bitch, into an ever the dunk zone. an oh, ever honey. larger dunk zone. You live in the dunk zone. It's where yeah. you reside. Just because we went to a new apartment doesn't mean the dunk zone doesn't travel with us. That's true. It's more of a feeling. Yeah. The dunk zone is a state of mind. It is. Yeah. 
absolutely a state of mind i can go second um this is actually a real one for once uh i found it on netflix and there's only one season of it but i've been uh i plowed through it and really enjoyed the show i'm sorry uh and it's uh andrea weber andrea rosen no yes okay andrea rosen sure i don't think that's correct that's 100 percent correct okay um don't think that's correct i'm pretty sure it's correct i'm gonna look it up when it's not my turn um and because i'm holding the microphone and the computer uh anyway i'm i'm really enjoying it it's it's a it's about uh someone a couple based in la and i mean they have a kid but it nope andrea savage yeah it's for sure not (laughs) andrea rosen andrea Andrea rosen is another comedian who yeah yeah it's andrea savage um god dunked on myself this one uh, it's also got like Jason Manzukis in it as her writing partner and like a lot of other pretty good slow, like comedy celebrity cameo people. Yeah. Um, like that whole group. And it's, it's very funny. It's, it's a couple there living in LA. They have a kid, which we do not, but there's a lot of like kid based and like family based and like, I don't know. It's, I find it very relatable as like a husband wife dynamic. I did make Brandon watch a little bit of it with me and I was like, look, see. Oh yeah. There, there were, there was a moment specifically at the end of the first episode where the main character does, I forget what it was that she does at this party, and I was just like, she gets really indignant. Yeah, and I was just like, "Honey, I love you with all of my heart." Well, no, but that's I've not never what more it was. identified with a husband on television. Well, because what it was was she was like, "But what?" And he just went, "Shut your fucking mouth." <laughs> yeah, that's yep, that's exactly what it was. And she was like, "But," and he was like, "Just shut your fucking mouth." <laughs> just shut, just shut your fucking mouth. I oh, love marriage. Just, just don't say it. <laughs> Child Roland to the podcast return. Oh my god, fuck off. We uh we wound up taking a bit of a break in the middle of talking about uh I'm sorry. First for a computer issue. No, we were into Dark Tower, I think. No. No, we were still in I'm sorry. Oh, we were for sure still in Well that's about all I had to say about I'm sorry. It was relatable. I enjoyed it. We're into what what JJ's into this week. Yeah. Aside from Dark Tower. I think this is kind of a cop-out because it's, once again, Stephen King-related, but I'm rereading It. Uh, I okay. read it when I was... Well, no, what's it called? I will fucking cut you. Hey, now you stinker. I read it when I was 12, maybe 11, and um, <clears throat> it went way over my head. I understood a lot of it, but there was a lot that I was like, what? it's just so vast, you know, it's so, it's so fucking vast. And I didn't really get it. What 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 actually is the plot of it? I all all I know is the touchstones of like Tim Curry clown or creepy Scarsgard kid clown. Also, Scarsgard is more along the lines of the it in, in the book. Sorry. So it is about a very old demonic presence that has been on the earth far longer than anything that we can imagine and it lives in the town of Derry in okay. Maine uh, which is a main point of King's writing yeah. it's always Maine it's always Derry Derry is the scariest place on earth um, and this this thing f- um, uh, feeds every 27 years on humanity and um, <laughs> so what it is it's the thing that you're most afraid of it's that thing that's going to come get you underneath the stairs. It's whatever it is that lives un- un- underneath your bed. It's the guy in the alley. It's the murderer in your closet. It's the leper 
that's what it is. It's your biggest fears um. in one presence. It mostly comes across as a clown because that shit's fucking scary to everyone. It's universally terrifying. But um, so these kids, they all get together and they're like, fucking, we're going to stop this piece of shit motherfucker. And then they fucking beat him to the ground and then make a pact, as you saw in the movie, I'm sure, that if it ever comes back, they will gather in dairy and end it. And so the book goes back and forth. Every gotcha. like every like five or six chapters, it switches from when they were kids and then they're in their adults and they go back and forth and there's like some time crossover. And, oh, OK. Because yeah. I, I know the second movie is when they're all adults. Yes, um, because the book is so it's like 1300, 1200 pages. Of course long. it is. I mean, obviously, it's so vast in and in, in depth that it's just no way that you could translate that into film properly so they're, they're doing it the easy way the you know kids first and then adults which makes sense yeah but um i should really enjoy the film i saw it twice in theaters and i barely go to the theaters as is so i was too scared oh it was really good i was too scared i was also a hard pass on that yeah it's uh it's terrifying they look really scary yeah it's, I don't it's do that. very scary so speaking I would of love you to never do that voice ever again okay Okay, now, like, for real, as the person married to you, I would recommend you never do that voice again. Oh, why? That's okay. okay. Oh, shit. Well, is he single now? Uh, yeah, he's single now. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. Well, if it was going to happen, I'm glad it happened on air. Um, so, now let's uh, let's get into the topic at hand. JJ. Yes. Tell us why to the Dark Tower child podcast came. Oh, my God. Stop. There's real words to this, and apparently they're important. Well, you know, child doesn't mean child, right? It means a knight who hasn't been tested yet. Yeah. That's... He doesn't know that. I knew that. Did you? I knew that. Oh, good. I'm I totally knew that. I didn't know that. He didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> he has not done the literary analysis. <laughs> but I so totally so I t- child means knight who hasn't been tested. So the Dark Tower is based off a poem by Robert Browning, and it's called Child Roland to the Dark Tower Came. And it's it was written in fucking... 1855 so this shit's old is that before or after beowulf was that before or after the civil war god damn it that it wasn't even on air <laughs> i know i'm Ugh. bringing i'm bringing an off-air duck in folks. oh god. no uh, okay t- t- tell him tell him brandon doesn't know when the civil war ended that's it that's the end of the story i could uh, yeah i couldn't recall offhand when and the then civil i told war you ended. like two I days ago recall. and i bet you you still don't remember 18 18- yeah, but when's, when's, but when's the last time that Fish played Simple Live? Uh, that would be... Hold on, I got this. I'm pretty sure that was night three of Dicks. Maybe night two, but they definitely dropped a simple at Dicks. Of what year? Oh, of this year, of 2018. Yeah. I mean, the, this I is... I know when the Civil War ended... <laughs> I know when the Civil Wars played at Bonnaroo in two, 2012. Okay. Oh, they, they were great. They were great. They hated each other. They really... <laughs> they really, truly it's, it's They should never have been a couple. No, they should... I mean, they had was, great music, well, that one album. Yeah. It's ironic name. Yeah. Yeah, right? Great. They broke up because they hated They, they released their second album, which is a, like, masterpiece. And, like, the day it came out, we're like... Oh, release a statement that was like, oh yeah, we're not touring or promoting this. We're just breaking up. Yeah. Uh, we cannot so be in the same room together. No. <laughs> so. Where was I? Civil War ended on May 9th, 1865. Continue. Thank you, babe. So it was before. 
in case you were. It was, in case you were wondering. It wondering was before the Civil War. Got it. And, so and actually, after Beowulf. It was post-Beowulf, pre-end of the Civil yep, War. Yep, mm-hmm. Got it. Are we going to talk about the Civil War now? Nope. nope. Talking about Dark, Dark Tower. Let's go. You were about to say Doctor okay. Who. You Doctor Who, Dark Tower, whatever. I don't care. We'll talk about Jodie Whittaker. We'll talk about Matthew McConaughey. I don't care. Let's go. Well, actually... Oh. Um, don't don't start with Matthew Doctor McConaughey. Who's she can't get that angry. Anniversary soon. special, The Five Doctors, uh, takes much imagery and suffer key phrases from this poem. So if we're gonna, oh. I mean, anything can be tied into this. I mean, it's that's true. You're, truly, truly, this poem has inspired tens, twenties, thirties, seventies, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds poems, <laughs> hundreds works. Um, it's so this isn't. Start over here. It's a good, it's a good poem. <laughs> is a good poem. Stephen King likes it, and then he wrote a lot of shit about me based good around poem. it. Is good poem. You read. It's very long. It's time. It's time. It's a good time. It's a me, Stephen King. <laughs> it's a story of a little boys. They meet a clown. They run around, and then they get, a, they eat a mushroom, and they get big, and they stomp on the clown, and there's get gold coins. There's one girl. There's a girl. There's and she, a token girl. There's, there's also a. Jesus Christ. Get it together. Oh. He just farted God. a lot. I'm cutting that. that makes JJ laugh hard. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he edits this. Oh, this episode <laughs> is a fucking disaster. Have fun editing. <laughs> Have fun editing. <laughs> okay. Oh. So. Child Roland to the Dark Tower came. And so that primarily inspired the Dark Tower, but he manages to kind of link everything, doesn't he? Somehow it's still about Maine. Everything's about Maine. Uh, everything is about everything <laughs> in, in in King's world, but the main thing, the in characters <laughs> that live within him, that push him, that drive him, are the characters of the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. So basically anything that ties into anything, it's going to be from one story back to the Dark Tower. Um, it, it, the, his tie-ins in It, Salem's Lot, Insomnia, Hearts of Atlantis, Eyes of the Dragon, Cell, and The Stand. I love The Stand. And The, the stand, stand was written before The Dark Tower. Oh, it was? It was. It was written in 78, and the first Dark, the first Gunslinger came out in 82. I'm not sure whether no, the, or not. The first Gunslinger show was two summers ago, no, and I wasn't no, on the team No, we're not talking yet. about your improv group. No one's ever talking about Oh, the improv group. We're a sketch team. We're a sketch team. Okay, babe. Oh God, we're splitting. Well, you're a uh, skit team, and you don't exist anymore. Touche. Continue. So the stand was written before the the uh, gunslinger, and it's the first time that you see the man in black. Uh, right. Walter O'Dim and Martin. It's all the same person. Any like the walking dude. Yes. Any any big axis of evil in King's world boils down to two people either the crimson king which is like the head honcho the worst the the, the demon of the world worlds uh, because yeah. everything happens in multiple realities yeah and then there's martin who is kind of like crimson king's shitty little right hand man he's the mid boss he is he's, he's just like lieutenant. you think he's really powerful and then you're just like oh you're just kind of a puppet piece of shit that you just do whatever this asshole king wants you to do, and you're not really that strong. He is a magician. He has a lot of dark magic. He fucks up shit in every realm because he can travel from realm to realm because he's him. But um, 
he's nowhere near as powerful as the Crimson King. Right. Yeah. Who is said to reside in the Dark Tower. Oh. So if if you could give us like, and I, I know this is asking a lot because it's what? 3,000 pages, maybe? It is 4,316 pages long, or 1,358,065 words. Wow. Which is why it was hard to make into a shitty two-hour movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, to put it in... We'll pers- get there. Oh, we'll yeah, get we'll, there. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. And, like... We'll let you have your moment. So, can you it's just sort of summarize, as best you can, what the... If not plot... Of Dark Tower, but what the kind of, like, thrust of it is. Like... The, like, overarching concept. Yeah. What it would say on the back of the book for a second. The back of a 5,000-page book? No, but, like... Okay, hold on. Let me hold on. I'm saying, like, the base premise... The setup. What is the setup of Dark Tower? Not the whole plot, but what is the initial setup? What is Act 1 of the Dark Tower? Act 1 of the Dark Tower is Roland, um, the the gunslinger. gunslinger. And he is traveling across an endless desert and he's searching for the man in black. You're not really sure of his motives yet. You have no idea what he's doing or why he's doing it. But um, the first line of the book is the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed, which is one of like the greatest opening lines to any book I've ever read. Cause it's like, it's right there. It has you You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm in for some shit, yeah. which is great. But um, so it's about Roland and um, God overarching. He is on a quest, essentially, a knight's quest to get to the Dark Tower, which is the axle on which all worlds spin. Uh, the Dark Tower is more of a concept than a physical building. Um, like Steely Dan. <laughs> God damn it. So the Dark Tower is said to reside at the access. It is like the center point. <laughs> Are you still laughing about Steely Dan? like a good stealing tangent. <laughs> it's very specific, but I know some people that really unironically like them. Okay, well, I'm one of them. I love Steely Dan. Same, you're married to one of them. I know, I, I just find a good stealing Chan joke very good. Have you seen Oh Hello on Netflix? Oh, oh babe, wait, I'm so sorry. You were the ones who showed it to me. Yes. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> moving on. So, yeah, moving on. <laughs> His larger quest is to get to the Dark Tower that is not is a real place, tower. but also the bread is, guy it's, lives it's, there. It's not a real place, but it is a real place. It exists in the center of all universes. Right. And it's said to be surrounded by a field of roses. And um, uh, what did I write down? Hold on. Weirdly, I actually understand that because that's like the monitors in comics. Monitors. Like Uatu the Watcher? No, that's different. Oh, okay. it is said that um, each rose re- represents um, the tower in each of the worlds that exist. So when you when you see the Dark Tower, it's surrounded by roses. And for each rose, there is a world that has a re- representation of the Dark Tower. Isn't one of the book covers Roland standing in a field of roses? That is the Dark Tower. The Dark Tower cover, yes. Oh, the very that, last one. Okay, that makes a lot more with the that, tower in the background. There, because that's is. a cool image. That's a it's, really it's evocative. It's fantastic. It's absolutely beautiful. They've had some incredible artists work. Oh yeah, and uh, they have some comic books out. They have a lot of comic books out. And one I read of my the favorites, first couple years of those. Those were very uh, good. Jay Lee did a lot of the art. Oh, and Jay, fuck, I fucking I know Jay Lee is fucking fantastic. And to read my favorite thing, 
in big glossy pages with Jaylee's artwork is just oh it's God, beautiful yeah. yeah it's incredible so basically what the dark tower is uh, it's God or that's what Roland thinks it might be maybe who knows because a whole book is like who knows what it is no one fucking knows because no one's ever goddamn been there because no one can get there yeah. even though every it's said in the book a million times all things serve the beam and what the beam is it's the path uh, to the Dark Tower. And um, no singular road leads to the Dark Tower, but if you travel down a road long enough, no matter which road you take, you will end up at the Dark Tower. So it's kind of a paradox within itself that no matter where you go, you're going there. And you're not going there at, at the same time. If you were to be at the Dark Tower and turn your back to it and then walk straight, you would hit it again. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like the center of the world and each beam that str- uh, that is... Str- st- oh, that... Oh. Each beam, Straighting. no, kind of each beam that. Well, they'll just go like. <sighs> no, it's kind of more of like a feeling than it is an actual beam, but they all lead to the tower. Sure. Uh, so so, so it's like, the beams it's like, are a metaphor. It, yes, you, you know when you look up to the sky and you see all the clouds going in one direction. Sure. Yeah, yeah. that's what like that's how you know that you're on the path to the beam. Gotcha. Yeah, just following everything that every everywhere you go, something will push you in the direction of the tower. So it's mm-hmm. it's not like a beam like the fucking Bifrost. No, it's not like the Bifrost, and it's it's not like anything like that. It's not though. Idris Elba is waiting at the end of both of them. No, Idris is trying to no, go to one. No, he's trying to be on beyond it. Even I know that. Uh, and then he's, he's, Idris Elba is somewhere in, you, you know what I was trying Idris to do. Idris Elba is in my heart. Idris Elba is in my loins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not, but I can imagine. But what if? Yeah, what if? What if? Yeah. So you were saying? Uh, so it's basically Roland's quest for the Dark Tower, and, and along the way, he has to make some really mm-hmm. fucked up decisions, and he has three people that he draws from other worlds uh to be with him on the quest Mm -hmm. they're what is referred to as a cotet and ka is what stephen king writes as destiny or fate or the end of your life like where you're supposed to be going and cotet is like one from many Mm -hmm. right so there's like the leader of of the cotet which is roland and then there's like you know his his family essentially from a, a, a a different reality and yeah it's uh the Miles Davis Quartet was really solid in like the mid seventies. This is my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if what is it about the series that that drew you to it? Because, like, on its face, th- that this is an overwhelmingly large amount of work or no, a, a amount of text to to work through. It is overwhelming, and I can't lie. The first book I got through, and I was like, "Oh, that's great! This is really cool." And then the second book, which is called The Drawing of the Three, I almost couldn't get through it. Yeah, that second one is... It was really frustrating to me because it was just so biblical in portion. And I was like, what am I even reading here? And he was very, very king. Like, he, like mm. if, if you know his style, you're like, oh, that's very Stephen King. It was oh, just yeah. a mass amount of in, in, information just thrown at you. That, that almost was, like, get- hard to process it's too. hard to yeah it's it's a fuckload and you're like what is happening this is way different than the first book this this is so weird i didn't yeah. see this going this way at all the first book is is exactly what you said it was it's just a chase it's basically just a chase. for and it's short it's it's only like 180 pages yeah, it's maybe not 200 long. like at yeah, most depending on the printing but like 
be continue. Um, and it's weird, and it's, it's yeah, and it's very. And weird. I I brought it home, and I threw it on the sofa, and I was like, I don't know if I can finish this. I just don't know. I mean, I'm going to because I don't ever stop a book. I've only ever not finished one book. And um, what book was that? It's called Jim the Boy. Okay. And I I couldn't even tell you what it was about, but I I was like 19 when I read it, and I was like, this is trash. And I the put it down book. and walked away. The only book I've never finished. Catcher in the Rye. Fuck you. Why? So I got six chapters in and decided it was the fucking most bullshit I've ever read. And I mean, I just... to be honest, Holden Caulfield is a piece of fucking yeah. shit. And I was just like, I mean, he's out. just like, <laughs> me, everything's doing me, you know. Oh, fucking yeah. Holden Caulfield. Um, so I, I threw the book down and I was like, I don't think I can fucking do this. But um, my roommate at, at the time who was like, why don't you read these books? Came up to me and she's like, you just need to do me a fucking solid and pick it up and finish it and then get to the third book. Just get, and if you don't like the third book, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Because like the second one is really complicated, but then you get to the third one and there's a weird train. Like season Blaine four. Blaine the Mono. Of, yeah. Like season Blaine four is a, of Buffy. Yeah, basically. Just Blaine is a pain. Blaine is a pain, but he's also the truth. Yeah. Yeah, Blaine the Mono. He's a, he's a he's huge a psychotic train that they have to defeat with a battle of riddles. He's Blaine the I train? forgot it was a riddle battle. It's a riddle battle. Blaine the train. Blaine the train. Blaine, Blaine the mono. Blaine the train. He's a pain, but he's also the truth. Oh, we also real real quick before we continue need like to talk about. Uh, need to talk about my my favorite part of the entire Dark Tower series is uh, the lobster fight. The lobstrosity. Yeah, the lobstrosity. It's not really a fight. It's more of a. But it goes on for like thirty pages. It goes on for way longer. Just than rolling. Pages. It's you know, like that whole goddamn book. He, those lobstrosity because that's yeah. what they eat when they travel up up the beach. What like what what is months. it? What's their what's their sound? Dada chuck did a chum. Dada chuck did a chum. Mm-hmm. God, that that I don't know what it is about that. I I don't know. It's it's so funny to me to start the you know the second really the sort of lead off of your like epic. You know, with the gunslinger series. losing fingers. Yeah, losing fingers. When that happened, I was like, "Well, what the fuck are we gonna do from here?" Losing fingers to a lobster. To, well, to a he was he was super fucked up. He just had like daddy. he had just had like a major PCP trip where he exited his realm and traveled millions of years into the future and space and shit and saw everything from the beginning and had a total Ugh. ego death. Ugh. Woke up dead on the beach. It's no worse than jet lag. Yeah. I've had worse. <laughs> Um, so is, is the thing that you love about the dark tower is the thing that you love about the gunslinger, the same thing you love about the end of the series? Like, cause it seems like it, it changes pretty drastically and gets real weird and gets real out there. Is there like a part of it that you like the most, I guess? Like, is it the early kind of gritty thing? Is it like when it is just buck wild by the end is it when Stephen King himself shows up yeah, for a minute it there? That, considering it is so buck wild, what is it that kept you coming back even as it got weirder? Yeah. It got weirder, but it also started to make more sense because I really fell into the world sure. of Roland. And um, if you kind of let yourself go to the characters and to the surroundings, the book not only makes sense, but it's it's like a, it's like a lecture on humanity. And about what we're capable of. And I guess just the overall feeling and sense that I get from the books is truly homecoming. It's it's a homecoming story, even though it might not be the home that you're looking for or the home that you want, you're going there anyway. 
mm-hmm. and that's always really resonated very deeply with me because I've had a, 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 a not a sense of home for quite some time now. Sure. So if, when I can read something as vast as this, and it's just about finding that sense of hominess, whether it's in a fucking forest or in a weird emerald tower, which happens, or you know, <laughs> underground Sorry, or in a bridge, like, which happens. Yeah, well, there's a whole, like, they're in Kansas, but it's not, like, the real Kansas, so there's, like, a whole Wizard of Oz thing. Yeah. Of of course It's neither here nor there, but... Okay, we... we, Let's... Let's talk about... No. Stephen King. Oh. Just just in in general. We're not there yet. (laughs) Some of it... He is... He's a man of habits, I would say. Yeah. In the way he writes. Yeah, Uh, for sure. Absolutely. He has some tics... Yes. With with the exception of The Gunslinger, I've never read a Stephen King book that didn't have an awesome ending, but then went... Or, like, every Stephen King book has an awesome ending, but then goes on for about 40 to 50 more pages. It's like, they wrote the perfect song, and then they panicked. Yep. He really Joe Parrot himself. <laughs> Okay, here's <laughs> he did that he did that in the Dark Tower series. So the Dark Tower series ends, and you're like, "Oh fuck yes, that was amazing!" And you turn the page, and he and he goes, "Now, dear reader, well, that's what yeah, he's like a warning, right? If you're happy right now, don't continue reading. I beg of you to stop. Turn around. Let this end here. This is where, this is the happiest that you'll ever be. Please don't read on." And I was like, "Oh fuck you, man! I'm gonna read this shit." And then I did, and I was like. I threw the book across. It was just like, he really warned us. He's like, don't fucking keep reading. Don't do this to yourself. But like at the same time, that's like saying, I know I'm wrong, but here. Yeah. So he, he, he warned you, but uh, you still get fucked right in the face. What, what that says to me is those last 40 pages were a contract dispute that his editor lost. No, I think he's just a fucking douchebag I mean, who so likes too, to fuck with but... his readers. I mean, I love him dearly, but he likes to fuck with yeah. us. He sure does. I wish I wish there would have been a warning at about page like 1100 of The Stand that was like, <laughs> hey, the bomb's gone off, bad guy's dead, story's over. You're going to be really bored for the next 40 pages as Stu breaks a leg and like hobbles through the snow endlessly. So here's the funny thing. If that was on film, you would watch it for 40 fucking minutes. Uh, A guy just hobbling through the snow in real time, having a very like tense moment. Nice. See, I didn't like the Revenant though. I was just going to say, didn't Leo just make that film? Yeah. Leo did gave that a shot and I didn't, I didn't love it, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong in that being the beginning of no country for old men. That's true. How is that any difference? It's just Josh Brolin running through the desert. Ah, Josh Brolin. I'll watch him run anywhere. Oh, yeah. I'm not uh, saying his butt wasn't nice. I'm just saying nothing happened. Some really bad CGI deer in that scene, too. I don't remember. I, I tuned that all out. Blocked it out of my memory. What was the book that you were reading when I was here a couple weeks ago and you were like, this is the most confusing shit I've ever read and I love it, I think. It's called Duma Key. And uh, I think that book was written in 1998, or maybe it was 2008. It's very different. I think, I think, I I think, that, I think it's no, 2008. I think it was 2008. That came out when we were in two, college. Yeah, I think it was 2008. It's very different. But um, I read it, and it was it was fucking incredible. I loved every second of it. Could I tell you 
the arc of that story in the slightest. Please do. Absolutely not. So this guy, he, he, he owns a construction company and then he gets in a really bad accident and he fucking loses his arm and he goes crazy and like has a lot of rage because he can't think of words anymore because his brain's all fucked up mm-hmm. so him and his wife split up and then he's like fuck this shit and he moves to like this tiny little island just to like calm the fuck down it's always a tiny little island he's got to calm the fuck Maine. down he's got to calm down so he starts painting he's a really really good painter he's like a one-armed painter and then there's like his house down the way with this old woman who like has alzheimer's and there's this guy who shot in the head at one point and then he starts painting these weird things and they start kind of coming to fruition and he's like painting things that he wants to happen unknowingly and then there's maybe a ghost ship and some sort of demon ghost babies yeah. and but only maybe a ghost maybe, ship I don't there know, is a man. ghost ship she when i was here she did throw the book across the room and went god damn it he connects everything yeah that's true he did connect a couple of okay, well, that, that you know, that sort of is the question I was getting at. Okay. Y- you seem to often be just as mad at Stephen King <laughs> as you are enthralled with him. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- why? I'm a glutton for punishment, but also his capability of telling a story is beyond any one person that I've ever witnessed. You need to be more like down the barrel of your microphone. His capability of storytelling is beyond anyone that I've ever witnessed. And I read books constantly. I always have a book in my hand. I've been reading like that since I was a child. And uh, my, my, fa- my favorite authors have been Wells, uh, Dick, Atwood, uh, China Mieville. And they all write these big, vast, uh, uh, Tolkien, these big, vast storylines. I mean, Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkin. Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin. I laughed like six days ago. Um, they all have these like huge uh, uh, worlds and stories and I really like to get lost in like mm-hmm. these things. And I've gotten lost with Tolkien. I've gotten lost with Mieville. I've gotten lost with Wells and Dick. But um, not like this. This is to the point where like when I'm reading a book, it actively affects my outside life. Sure. Which is incredible. Sometimes it's damning, but uh, it's fucking incredible that I could be sitting at a bar ha- having a drink with my friends and all I'm thinking about is a book that I'm reading because the story is so fucking real. He can convey, he can make you feel an emotion better than any author I have ever read. He can write six words and you have to put the book down because you're like, I'm terrified or I'm going to fucking cry. Or I just read Insomnia and there's like three pages where this guy is describing how his feelings uh, in the like 20 minutes before his wife dies in the hospital and he never uses the word sad or angry or, or disturbed or tore up. He never conveys emotion. He just conveys dealings in each um, room or each thought. And um, it's so incredibly vast. And you can read two pages and, and just be tore up for days about it because of how well he can make you feel something. And he, he's also not overly showy. What do you mean by that? Well, just like his, his prose isn't, it, it doesn't feel it's over. Not flowery. Yeah, it's not flowery. No, it's, it's not, not flowery. He doesn't gild the, the lily he, very he, much. His, just the, like the way he, his writing style reminds me a little bit of Vonnegut and just how it's very matter of fact. It's very, this is what's happening. Um, yeah. It is. It's very matter of fact, but he also 
it's also very delicate in oh, like yeah. a sense of like when he describes a street or a tree or a sunset, it could be very, very short, mm-hmm. but it is vivid. It's, it's clear in yeah, your head. It's matter of fact, but it's also very specifically chosen words. Oh, yes. Totally. Every word that I feel that he writes is just, it's 100% meant to be there. And I've never really felt that way with an, with another person. Yeah. Author anyway, where I was like, every word means something. Every word he's using to the fullest degree of what that word is capable of. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and also when you were saying like, how is that possible? I mean, we all understand. I mean, well, you've seen me be so excited. I'm angry. Oh yeah. (laughs) Same thing. You're like, I love this, but I'm, I love this so much. I'm furious. Furious. (laughs) But I've read the dark tower series. This will be my fourth time. I, it's it's always near me. I still it's have to read me. it. I told it's, you I would. I, I I read books all the time, but I'm also constantly reading The Dark Tower. It will never cease to be in circulation in my life. Sure. Uh, and that's that's crazy to, to to find a story that you connect with so deeply, that you feel so thoroughly, that you constantly want to read it. Because you know you know what happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. It's I, like I, you know you find those films where you're like, I'm gonna watch this. Every day for the next two fucking years and be totally happy. Oh, totally. And, and that you, you get that that mm-hmm. home feeling when you see it or when you read it or when you watch it. And that's that's a feeling oh, yeah. that is... I have books like that. That is very... That's like beyond like an intellectual thing. Like it's just something that hits you in such a... Not even visceral necessarily, but like it, it's just something that is so formulated to the way you want to... The type of stories you like or yeah. the type of thing you like. And when you find something like that, it really can just sort of knock you over. Um, and like, honestly, that Joe Para episode is a really good example of that. Yeah, it is. Where he just finds a, the his new favorite song and it's all he talks about for the entirety of this show. Yeah. And it's... It's like, it's and I think that's that why it's so live. affecting. Yeah. It's something that you live and yeah, absolutely. I've, I've lived this story. It has been in me. It's been alive in me for years now. And just like, uh, King has said that Roland has lived in his heart and his mind forever. He's yeah. always been there and he always will be there. That's why every time he writes a book, there's always some little tiny tie in. There's always something going back to Roland, always something going back to Midworld, and it just brings him right there and it brings you right there. So when you have this background, all of his stories just kind of fit into this incredible, beautiful mosaic. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that's not really linear. It no. I mean, you could probably. You could, I'm sure you there's could, a timeline that someone on the internet. There is, has made. but, I'm but sure that's there's not a timeline. But it doesn't necessarily it. have to be exactly, which is fantastic. So I think I'm not. I don't enjoy horror movies or horror stuff. So I think I've never really. One of the reasons I never really looked into Dark Tower is because in my mind, like Stephen King only writes like horror horror. Mm, not true. And Definitely I, not. I gathered yeah. that as I got older, um, yeah. especially because like I read a lot of like high fantasy and sci-fi and shit that's like terrifying and fucked this up. This is high like, fantasy, sci-fi yeah. meets Western. I mean, his biggest influence for Roland is Clint Eastwood in A Man With No Name. Oh, totally. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's, it's that. And it's also his obsession with um, King Arthur. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. Roland is yeah. a direct descendant of King Arthur. He's mm-hmm. actually the 29th descendant. So Arthur was 29 generations before Roland. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's, quote unquote, the last in the line of the Eld. Oh. Yeah. I did know that one. I know Arthurian stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Arthurian is good. Um, 
what what other Stephen King things do you enjoy? Because like I like I know you lo- love all of it, but like if you had to pick like a favorite one or two other books oh. or stories, oh, I mean shit. they could be short stories, they could be whatever. I've read all. I've read most of his short stories. They're all fantastic. Oh yeah, they're all they're, they're all, all so, so good. good. And I, you know, one of the things he does when he has like his big like epic novels like it or mm-hmm. uh the stand especially mm-hmm. there were like short stories built into them yes like um the wizard and glass which is the fourth book is uh roland telling a story of his childhood right i did know so that. it's in a story within a story and it's huge it's fast and it is one of the most heartbreaking love stories i've ever read in my life Damn. i wept for like three days i put the book down and i was like this is too much, especially because the love interest of Roland has the same name of my mother. So oh. like it was just another connection. I was just like, oh, oh knife in heart, knife sure. in heart. Oh, no. <sighs> oh. My uh, my favorite. Well, my 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 favorite bit of Stephen King writing, just because it makes me laugh even thinking about it, is the very beginning of Under the Dome, yeah. which I didn't finish. I read maybe like a couple hundred pages of it. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. But the first maybe thirty pages of it are when this dome, just this invisible dome, just appears over this tiny little town. Mm-hmm. And the first thirty pages are basically people just crashing into it in various different ways. Yeah. And it is so funny to me because it's often like like there's this like there's one part where a woman is in a car that crashes into it. She's the only survivor. She gets out. She like crawls up the road to the hospital and the people in the hospital are like oh my god like we can't do anything for here like we got to get her in an ambulance and take her to the other hospital and then they they get in the hospital they get in the thing and just drive right into it too and it's it's just it felt like Stephen King writing a fucking Benny Hill scene for like 30 pages but my my, <laughs> my favorite my, my, my actual favorite Stephen King thing is it's the very beginning of book two of The Stand Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is one novel, but it's divided into three books. Mm-hmm. Which is the stand is about a uh, a plague that you know kills all but five percent of the yeah. world. the ca- The cats are all fine. The cats are always um, all fine. Yeah, Stephen loves his cats. Um, Even if they're dead, they're gonna come back. And he's that's got true. a really good Church. corgi. That's true. He does. He does have a good corgi named Molly, the thing of evil. She's very good. Well, that's 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 a good name. <laughs> um, but it's it's. At the beginning of book two, after the virus has killed pretty much everybody, there there's this little like mini chapter that is that starts with like after the the main, you know, wave of deaths, there was a second, you know, smaller, you know, wave of, of deaths that happened. And it's basically 15, 20, 30 pages of Stephen King talking about how everyone talking about how people died after the plague in like really stupid ways or like really ways that would have been preventable. It's basically yeah. just Steve. Uh, it's basically just Stephen King's version of the Edward Gorey alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of pretty much what it is. Yeah. He, but he, he does that a lot. Oh yeah. It's just his own, it's just his own version of the deadlies. And he even prefaces it as like, this doesn't really, really matter in the grand scheme of things, but I just wanted to give you a picture of kind of That's what else he does was happening. He's, he's able to paint. An entire feeling. It's not just about one person or one thing. It's about everything that happens within this realm. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like of, of all the all the best Stephen King stuff. Like there is generally a protagonist, but like the stuff that's the most memorable 
are the like little side moments or the you know I I, I wouldn't say the most interesting character in the stand is Stu Redmond you no. know no well and I think going back to your question yeah something else that I love from Stephen King one of my favorite books that I that I've I've ever read uh, I think it has scared me more than anything I've ever read or seen or been through is The Shining. That book scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Yeah. In fact, if I was alone and it was night, I'm probably not going to read it. That's horrifying. And then the sequel to it, Doctor Sleep, I just read. Also great. Not nearly as scary, but a really, really good story about uh, Danny, grown up. Mm -hmm. Little boy, he's all grown up. Sure. He's also a raging alcoholic. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Gee, wonder why. <laughs> Gee, wonder why. But um, yeah, I absolutely love The Shining, even though the movie is not at all like the book. Oh, it's not the, not at all. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's not at all. I, I love it because you know I have a really weird, I know, brain lust yeah. for Stanley Kubrick. My whole life is like, yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah, no, that movie rules. Yeah, it's great. Jack Nicholson, Jack is the best. There was, did you see Ready Player One? Yeah. You're, yeah, she that's, read the book recently too. That's, you're not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. It's tr- trash, garbage trash. But there there was a scene in there that took place in The Shining that was yeah. technically really fucking cool. It was a really, really good scene, but also I was like, hey, The Shining, I love The Shining. Oh. Well, we're nearing the end of our episode and I can't think of a better segue than that movie was trash. Let's talk about it. Let's really talk about, talk about it. Do I really have to I talk mean, about we, it? We, 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 we want to give you a platform to tell everyone how trash it is. And we can also just talk about King adaptations in general. We can. But yeah. that they're, they're, they're redoing the Pet them. Cemetery. They yeah. just dropped a, a trailer teaser. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. It looks really good. It All looks right. like they're going to do it justice. Nice. Which I'm pretty happy about. Yeah, but also, like, we'll see. We'll fucking see. He's got a lot of things that have been adapted. Oh, right? so many. It's hard. You can't yeah. take a million plus words, 5,000 pages, and fucking how long did he write it? How long did he span? Oh, yeah. Over the span of 34 years and fucking shove it and condense it down into a shitty little garbage film <laughs> in an hour and a half. And you're like, what the fuck is even happening? None of this movie makes any goddamn sense. And then you go to a Wild Wings afterwards and just drink yourself into oblivion. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. I did not know you guys went to Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards. Yeah, sure did. I knew you went to dinner. I did not know it was at Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh yeah, I went. I went with Desi and Jilly. Yeah, and Jim. And Jim, yeah. And because we all of the uh, Desi didn't really care, but Jilly was the one who got me into it. And yeah. Jim also has a deep obsession with this. Yeah. So I was like, let's all go. Let's all go and watch the movie. Let's just keep an open mind and an open heart, and it's gonna be great. And then ten minutes in, I was like, oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> what have I done? I was I was texting with you. You were when I, I saw you. the movie. I know. Yeah. You were telling us during the movie. You were texting us. Yeah. Oh, it was. No. And yeah. like I I generally wouldn't text in a full theater, but it was me. And then like two people. guys, 15 rows in front of me. And I was yeah. really, really, uh, for a multitude of reasons, I was pissed. But like, come on, Idris, you can't give him such a shitty role. It's not even his fault. Like no. the script he got was absolute trash garbage. What is he supposed to do? What is McConaughey supposed to do with that my shit? Favorite movie, my favorite book of all time, which is the the one I reread every year, got fucking made into Orcs a trash Craig? movie. What is it? Ella Enchanted. Oh, Got yeah. moved into a garbage trash. movie. It happens. Yeah, that but was But not all his adaptations. Trash. I mean, Under the Dome was iffy to begin with, so the CBS series was also iffy. Um, the it Both versions of it are very good. 
the original version with Tim Curry, the made-for-television one, was really good. Or I, I really liked it. Uh, but I really like Skarsgård's um, mm-hmm. It because it's horrifying. Just from the get-go, even when he's supposed to be not that scary, it's absolutely terrifying. I read some really interesting interviews with him during like the press tour for that about how he, he made he made sure to mm-hmm. read the book because there's so he much put in off the filming. book. Yeah, he put yeah, off he filming, put off so filming he could so the he book, could, which is really impressive. And yeah, because there's like all this stuff in the book where you're in Pennywise, where you're in its head. Essentially. Bob Gray. Yeah, that's and his so, human name. Yeah, but anyway, so I like you're Robert in his Gray. you're in his head, and so he wanted to get all of those parts into his like brain and body before they did it, mm-hmm. which was cool. Well, and I think it I think it comes down to the fact that like Stephen King is one of those authors where you would think like oh he just writes horror horror things, you know you would think it'd just be easy just take the plot blah 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 there you go, but like so much of what makes his work strong like you were saying is like the way he describes something and like the the moments that you can't capture on film which which is why i think the most effective king adaptations are the ones that don't try to be as like beat for beat literal like how it the new it decided to split it in half the way it did or like um how the shining isn't really like it feels like it has the same at least to me, it felt like it captures the spirit of it, it without does, being it literal. I think the, the, the biggest difference to me was The Shining was about Danny, about his shining, his he can see other things and, and mm-hmm. see things that are dead and see things that aren't there. And he's kind of a psychic. That's called The Shining. And in the film, The Shining, yeah, Danny is kind of a secondary character. I mean, he's there. He's there. But it's about Jack Torrance. It's about his descent into madness, which is incredible and amazing in this weird haunted hotel. But the reason why they're after Jack Torrance, the, the reason why they're making him go crazy, the reason why they want him to kill his family and his son is so they can get his son. Because his shining is so strong oh. that the spirits of the hotel need it. They want it. They can control things. They can have power if they get that shining. If they c- can control that power, they have everything. So they're making Jack go crazy. They're driving him mad having him try to kill his wife and also kill his son, bring his son over to the other side. And this is all an allegory for that Kubrick faked the moon landing. Yeah. There are so many things that I didn't realize were Stephen King. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome to that. All these things. Shawshank. Green Mile. Green Mile. Uh, Castle Rock right now is on Netflix. I hear it's really awesome. Castle Rock I knew. Is Castle Rock a straight adaptation or is it just like, Kind of a melange of Stephen King. Bits no, and Castle Rock is a is a place is a prison. It's a place in a prison. Um, it's the prison in Green I, Mile, right? Yeah. No. Y- yes, it is a prison in Green Mile, which is near the Shawshank, which is also a prison. He writes about Shawshank and Castle Rock in multiple books. It was brought up a lot in Insomnia, but um, I don't know if it's a direct. I think the book. That Castle Rock is from it's called Needful Things. Don't quote me on that. I could be terribly wrong. Okay, but I, I haven't read that one yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So, are, are there any other? Have you read on writing? Yes, I have. How is that? It's lovely. Yeah. It's just Stephen King being able to be himself, which is great because you know he writes himself in to the yeah. Dark Tower, and so many people have been like, "Oh my God." <coughs> 
that's so narcissistic how like uh, how can you it's, like, was, funny. it's just him like jerking himself off and i was like wait till you get there he writes himself as this like sniveling little coward fearful man who's hopped up on pills and and can't put the bottle down and doesn't know what to do and he's just uh, uh, and then roland comes in and fucking slaps the shit out of him because <clears throat> as as mm-hmm. they as it finds out stephen king's hand is the one that's writing oh. he's the writer and he, he's like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So Roland and his team have to be like, get your shit and get it together mm-hmm. and keep fucking writing, you piece of shit. And they we visit him in 1977. Yeah. They, um, getting hit by a car is a huge thing, you know, because he got hit by a car. Sure. That's how a lot of his characters die. And he does it in a really horrible, like, mm-hmm. you're going to want to kill yourself after you read this way. Oh, yeah. His car crashes are brutal. Brutal. But, you know. That's what happens when you get hit by a car. Yeah. Happens in misery. That's how misery starts off. Guy gets in a car accident, yep. wakes up, and he's like, oh shit, I'm fucked. Yep. It's basically the plot of Stan by Eminem. What? How? Isn't that, isn't that what misery's about? He gets uh, kidnapped by a fan? No. He doesn't get... Uh, he kind of gets sort kidnapped. Of. He gets commandeered. He gets in a car accident, he's... He gets all wasted and then drives in the snow and then flips his oh, car. Yeah, and the, oh, and the the fan like nurses him back to health. And the fan who was like a nurse who has been to a lot of hospitals because she's not a very good nurse. She's a very murdery, crazy nurse. Mm-hmm. Nurses him back to health and decides that he has to write the last and final book of his series called Misery, which is the main character in in, a, in the story that he's writing. Uh. And he killed her off in the last book. She has to die. And this fan says, no, 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 you don't get to fucking do that. You're going to write misery back because I'm taking care of you and your legs are broken and I'm going to break your legs some more and I'm going to cut off your fingers and I'm going to beat the fuck out of you mm. until you do it. And it's just basically 300 pages of torture. Ugh. I had to put the book down multiple times and be like, well, I don't know if I can read this right now. This is a lot. 300 pages of torture sounds like an Ayn Rand book. No, that's way more pages. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's like a 3,000 page. Touche. Yeah. So, uh, J. Jules, are, are there any other topics in Stephen Kingalia? Stephen, in, the, in the Stephen Kingdom that you uh, want to talk about Magic. before we wrap up? I mean, there's like a million more things. I could really talk about him for the rest of my life, like his use of language and the creating of his own la- la- languages and how many u- universes there are and... Yeah, there's a lot, but it's too much. He does good work. Yeah, he really does. He does really good work. The man does good work. If if people wanted to... He's a good f- man, I'm thorough. <laughs> uh, JJ, if, if people wanted to find more Jessica Jim-related content on the internet, how could they do that if you wanted them to find it at all? Um, well, I mean, I'm not on the are, Twitter. Yeah, we already gave away her Instagram last time. So Yeah, but that was two episodes. If that was a million wanna, years ago. I don't know why on earth you would ever want to see that. It's just like pictures of weird cats and... It's, it's pretty good pictures of dogs and stuff. Some good pictures of dogs, yeah. It's a solid follow. It's a solid follow. It's uh, People of Oz, all one word, all lowercase. If you're bored, don't do it. It's terrible. Don't Don't find me on the internet. I'm terrible on the internet. <laughs> We're all terrible on the internet. <laughs> Um, so I can be found across the internet at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the things. Um, and across the world in the dunk zone. And ac- across the world and at all times in the dunk zone. Um, I, uh, so Gunslinger is sadly no more. Oh, the Gunslinger lives on. 
on my friend. That's true. That's true. The the, the gunslinger. Now we're talking about the shitty improv skit team. No, I know. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my sketch team uh, at the Pack Gunslinger got uh, we were Cancel? broken up. Yeah, we got Thanos out of existence by Eric Moneypenny. Um, and <laughs> you know, I think we're all probably better off for it. But um, Gunslinger is is sadly reached its end. We had our final show last week, and it was fun. But now I have uh, joined the Pack Team Tantrum. And we'll be starting sh- uh, shows with them in November. So be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's everything I have. What are you looking at me like that for? I'm just waiting for you to be done. All right, I'm done. Okay. Uh, you can find me on the internet at, at Girladactyl. You can follow the podcast at, at IntuitPod. Uh, or... It's just a hashtag on Instagram. I didn't make it its own Instagram account. I just started doing it through mine, and this is where we live now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have anything coming up, y'all. Or I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Let's not worry about it. Uh, thank you, as always, to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album Falling is Like Flying. Ooh, don't you, don't you want to know? Okay, that wasn't the right Do you want to know it how the close, book ends? Though. How what book ends? The Dark Tower. Should I, I ruin it for actually, everyone? I, ki- I kind of do. I know I'm never going to read it. Don't ruin it for everyone on the podcast. We'll, 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 we'll cut and then, and then you okay, can Okay, uh, no, here's, here's what we'll do. We'll put it after the Oh, yeah, we'll make music. a warning. We'll say, hey, guys, here's a warning. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll end the show, and then at the end, we will include you saying what the end of the right. story is. So you ready? First off, podcast. Cast of Suborfer? So sub, sub over sub over podcast pod podcast <laughs> sub over do not proceed if you do want to know no wait I'm good you wanted me to read it I do I want everyone to read it well then cover your ears constant reader I'm not gonna cover my ears whatever we'll we'll, fi- we'll figure it out podcast over. <laughs> Okay, well, this may or may not be true, but he never reaches the Dark Tower. It's a complete farce. His father was lying to him the whole time. He's just had like a major, major head trauma injury, I guess what it is. Anyway, he was kicked in the head by a horse when he was small. And so he's traveling all this way because his father didn't want him anymore because he kind of went, you know, after the horse kick. And he's like, you can't be here because I'm king and you make me look bad. So fuck off. And then he just had like a... You know, 45-year fever dream of the Dark Tower. None of this even happened. And that Uh, horse grew up to be Secretariat. (laughs) Bojack Horseman.